Hey sister, I'm Savannah. And I'm Iraiz. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Created for Our Sisters in Christ. We are real women having real conversations about really hard topics with boldness for the truth and love. We sense the urgency to get Christ and biblical truth out there without sugarcoating it. So we decided to use this platform as a way to reach the saved. And even when hearts over for Christ, we're fully trusting the Holy Spirit to lead these conversations. We weren't created just to live an ordinary life. We're here for a specific purpose. We were created for such a time as this. You ready, girl? Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode. This week is a little bit different. Um, Savannah is taking some time off with her family. Um, By the way, shout out to Edwin. His birthday was like two days ago. Um, That's Savannah's husband. So that's why she took off. (laughs) But next week, she'll be back with us um, for the next episode. I wasn't quite ready to do a full episode all by myself. So I do have a guest with me today. Um, I've been asking him to join me for the longest time, but um, I finally got him to sit down with me and talk about this today. So I'm just going to let him introduce himself. He's my husband. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the husband of Irais, <laughs> and I'm also the father of her two children. Two children now. <laughs> um, it's been a blessing to, to be married to you Aww. and also... To just serve God in the capacity that we've been together. You know, I can't really say what I have going on without saying we, because it's, (laughs) I mean, you know, as much as I do that this is a team effort. Yeah. Um, But um, yeah, we're an online ministry committed to calling Christians back to Christianity. And um, we're really just focusing on the simplicity of the gospel because that's from that's where all wisdom comes from period right and we pretty much just touch on all types of subjects i got a (laughs) podcast on youtube i have um so it's a video podcast yeah video podcast on youtube hundreds of thousands of followers on tiktok um on instagram as well but really none of that matters what i really just rejoice in the most is the fact that we do online discipleship Mm -hmm. um one-on-one meetings with people and really just helping them walk in the truth yeah, and that's literally how we met Savannah. Like she came across one of Victor's TikToks and and then she's been a part of our church ever since. So um, I'm really excited to talk about the, you know, the topic today because I think it's a crucial part to our Christian walk, you know. Um, so it's kind of answering a question. Now the question is, are we still sinners now that we're saved? And um, I feel like, I mean, I've, I've been telling Savannah, I want to talk about this so bad because I feel like the, the response, how we respond to this question will determine how our faith is in the long run, like how our walk turns out. And, um, yeah, like, I think it's like super, super crucial that, that we get this one right. Yeah. I think it's a question that not a lot of people think of asking themselves. Um, But it's something that we deal with every single day of our Christian walk. Oh, wait, hold on. I forgot. So before we get into it, um, and, you know, by the way, guys, my husband and I can both talk. (laughs) So we're probably going to be interrupting each other. And it's, you know, probably we'll probably go a little bit over our time frame for this podcast. But um, I promise you, it's going to be really good in depth not because of us but because of god you know speaking 
through us and to us um, to get ministered in this area as well, because it's easy to fall into those lies. Now, with that being said, I want to um, share the tip of the day that Savannah and I kind of started a couple of weeks ago. Um, do you know of any tip that or encouragement that you can give people as far as like, you know, that ties in with this topic? Um, yeah, I think it would be to practice the presence of God in your relationship with Him every single day. So instead of looking at your relationship with God as just a period of devotional time in the morning, rather try to incline your heart toward Him and include Him in your thought process and just um, live with Him throughout the day. Mm -hmm. um, so in a practical way, that can look like just busting out in prayer in the middle of the day as you're thinking about things. Um, but yeah, so in, in the reason this is related to the topic that we're going to be covering are Christian sinners or not, um, is because if you, um, have one view or the other, you can either be hindered from fellowship with God and a confidence in the work of Christ, or you can actually embrace it and experience a, a robust relationship with him. Yeah. Amen. I agree. Okay, so I guess the way that we can start this topic off is by explaining the topic, <laughs> obviously. Um, so I came across this this um, question. I think one of the women in our women's group actually asked it um, a, a few weeks ago. But she asked, like, I'm confused, you know, um, because, you know, we see in Scripture in, in John, you know, um, first John, it says... Um, that we are, you know, wh whoever says that they're without sin, they're hypocrites, you know? So she was wondering, are we still sinners now that we're Christian, you know? And that got me into thinking about the way that we talk, like just our, our cliche statements as Christians. Like we always say when we mess up, oh, I'm always going to be a sinner. And it's like this humility involved in there. But is that statement true? You know, and, and it stuck with me. And then I saw some people on Twitter talking about it. So it was like something that was going on at that time, you know, like this conversation. And ever since then, I told Savannah, uh, which is she's the, the other host. <laughs> but um, I, I told her, hey, let's talk about this, you know, and um, she took a break, you know. So I asked my husband to hop on here and talk about this with me and um that's why, you know, I think it's really important for us to really answer, like give a solid answer biblically about this topic, because um, it can really like determine how we view everything in our walk after, you know. So that's pretty much the topic. Um, do you want to go ahead and yeah, jump I actually into it? remember the whole situation. Um, you had told me that somebody was asking about a specific Bible verse where Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, they were pretty much like, why, if, if you know, Paul calls the church saints, why is he saying that he's a sinner? Are we still sinners or not? Yeah. And, man, it's crazy because there's a lot of popular influencers today that push this idea, too. Oh, yeah. Pastors that we're still Christian. I mean, that we're still sinners. We're always going to be a sinner. Um, and, you know, we're just... And it's just crazy because they kind of push this psychology and, the, and this theology that caters to the philosophies of a person who's not really saved. They just have a ticket to heaven and they're hanging on for dear life and they're just trying to manage 
the broken man that needs salvation from Jesus. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's definitely a big subject. So my answer right off the bat is going to be, no, we are not <laughs> sinners any longer. We were sinners positionally when we were lost in our sin. Okay, yeah. so we were in sin, but now that we are in Christ, we are now positionally saints of Christ. Yes. We are the people of God. Um, we are no longer sinners anymore. Now, does it mean that we cannot fall into sin, which is something that we'll probably be talking about, how we distinguish that? You know, um, and, and I would just say really quick that there's probably two types of reactions. One of them is saying, um, oh, what happened? It's because it was disconnecting. Mm -mm, it was fine. I'm telling you, I don't have signal over here. Just don't worry about it. Okay. Um, okay, so there's probably two main reactions with this whole situation. If I were to come out and say, we are no longer sinners, we are saints. One of them would say that I'm being prideful. And the other one would say that I'm being humble. And, I, you know, I would say on the other side, when, when a Christian says that Christians are still sinners, I would say that there's that reaction too. It, you know, you, you know, I would say that you're, you have a false humility and you're actually being prideful. Um, and, and to say, hey, you know, we're, we're actually saints is the real humble place. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, that's really where it's at. So to, to be upfront, first of all, I would just say, no, Christians are not sinners anymore. We are saints of God because we have been put into Christ Jesus. And here's where the discussion starts, because this is where we bring up the two main uh, passages, Yeah, you know, that people often talk about. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, that's my stance on it, too. Like, I think that that's what the Bible tells us. You know, like there's a clear distinction between what we are before Christ, outside of Christ, you know, when you're in sin, you're a sinner. But when you're in Christ, like that sinful person was crucified with him and you're no longer that person. You've been you've been made new. And that's why we're called born again Christians, you know. And um, I just think this is so, so crucial, man. Like I can't stress it enough. Um, when I saw this topic on Twitter and I was reading the responses that people had, um, it, it honestly like upset me, not in the way like getting mad, but it upset me in the way of feeling sad, um, for the people that don't see it this way. And most of, you know, the main reason why people don't see it this way is because of church culture, mm -hmm. what they've been taught, um, a lot, a lot of pastors, unfortunately, are like you hear it in their messages saying that, you know, I'm just always going to be a sinner. Um, it's not if you sin, it's when. And you, you're constantly being told. I mean, you're fighting in your personal walk, right? You deal with things day to day and you're fighting this battle already with sin. You know, like you, you, you don't want to fall into temptation and you're dealing with all these lies in, in, the he in your head, you know, you're trying to battle with them and take them captive to the obedience of Christ. And then you go and listen to preachers or your friends or, you know, uh, you go to Bible studies or fellowship groups and you're constantly being told the opposite of what, you know, 
God is trying to tell you in your personal walk. It's like fighting against um, the truth at all times. Like the Bible's trying to teach you the truth, you know? Uh, the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you the truth that's in God's word. But you're constantly being told the opposite of it. And, um, and it's your identity as a Christian now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, this, it, this whole topic reminds me really of the situation that we had with some of the churches that we went to that preached a lot of messages and message series and all kinds of things like that, that really kept people in this victim mentality. Like, I'm I'm always struggling with sin. I'm always struggling with sin. So it was always from that angle. It, like, keeps you from freedom, you know, know, like the the true freedom that there is in Christ. Mm -hmm. So it was always from a struggle Mm -hmm. instead of from victory that you lived in. And that was something that always conflicted with that they will always conflict with the word of god because you'll see paul consistently talking about how the old man has been crucified and you've been made a new creation yeah. all things have been made new and this constant call to renew your mind according to the knowledge of our creator being molded in the image of christ and putting on the new man you know what i'm saying so that's one thing um that really really matters in the christian walk because it really comes down to what do you believe about the gospel and if you get that wrong do you even believe the gospel you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um so that's really where it gets rough because i think a lot of pastors are actually trying to relate with people but they don't understand the implications on the other side where a layman um you know somebody who's not all deep in the word like a you know a theologian should be or whatever um, they're reading the Bible, trying to make sense out of what they're getting. And all they're hearing is a message that tells them that they're still the old man. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they hear. That's what they process. When you tell a person who is not like, you know, super, you know, into the word as far as like theologic, theological studies go, when you tell them they're still a sinner, what they're hearing is, I'm still the old man. And it's completely normal for me to deal with things that are not okay according to the bible you see what i'm saying yeah yeah no i think um it, not only like because even us for example we were going to a church you know before we started this ministry and stuff we had been going to a church and we were in the bible you know um but like those those seeds like they get planted into your mind like even unknowingly, you know, you could be reading the Bible and, and slowly, but surely we started backsliding and I'm not blaming this on anybody, but us, obviously, you know, but it was like that con that's what I'm saying. Like this constant, like fight with what you, what you like, not, not even know, but like what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you that the Bible says, like who you are now in Christ. But, um, you, you keep hearing, you keep getting these seeds planted in you that, no, you're still the old person. And then that kind of like corrupts your thinking into um, believing that lie. And then next thing you know, you're backsliding. Next thing yeah. you know, you're like taking the easy way out whenever you fall short because you say, oh, that's just who I am. I'm no. just always going to be this sinner. Mm-hmm. And and that's not what the Bible so teaches because at Because of that, we have this whole church culture that does not walk in the spirit mm-hmm. they walk according to the lie um and, and and um it really just comes down to holding on to the identity that jesus paid the price to crush exactly exactly and and you know 
with the like the mission of our ministry you know calling christians back to christianity um calling christians back to the simplicity of the gospel calling them back to the bible like what it actually teaches um you can imagine how hard it is to get people out of these lies like um victor disciples a lot of people you know he gets on phone calls on videos um texting people all the time telling them you know trying to reason with them and make them understand like look this is what the bible is actually saying and it's so hard to see people struggling with the same lies over and over and over again because of these teachings or that are being pushed in church culture so they hear these types of things and they don't even read the bible correctly so Mm -hmm. one thing that i was um talking to you about in response to that question that we got from the women's group that one time was like look it doesn't make much sense for us to grab these isolated verses and we're about to get into them really quick and interpret them in isolation when you literally have throughout the majority of the new testament paul the apostle is explaining that we are made new in christ we are saints and there's a huge difference between being a sinner and being a saint that falls up in sins sometimes because they believe the lie in the face of temptation. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so when you have this huge scope of, of expounding on the gospel work and the finished work of Christ, you can't just forget about all that when you see a simple little verse that's where Paul is talking about how you know, he views himself as the worst of sinners mm-hmm. when it comes to a specific argument that he's presenting forth you know yeah. and that's just it most people don't read the bible or the epistles for example as they're presented which is arguments mm-hmm. and the reason being is because of what they're told so when we come out and say you know christians are no longer sinners we are saints people look at us like we're blaspheming or we're being self-righteous yeah you know like or as if we never fall in sin yeah or like like, like oh so you think you're perfect or they get the holier than thou mm-hmm. attitude you know yeah and, and my stress as a pastor is that look if you really want to grow you need to grab hold of your identity in christ yeah. of his finished work and who he says you are because that is where you overcome the power of the sin of sin. Period, um, and it's just we have this backwards view about it. Yeah. That we're supposed to strive toward sanctification by what we do, um, and it's crazy, man. It's it's resting in the vine that we bear the fruit. Amen. And resting in the vine says. I'm a saint because I fear God and mm-hmm. I accept that what he says has been accomplished is the truth. How dare I challenge it by holding on to an identity that Jesus Christ crucified. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's so dangerous to fall into this um, false humility when it comes to this topic, you know, um, because then like I, I see a lot of Christians not even wanting to mention the word holy or or. um righteous um and we hear it i mean we see it all the time in the bible you know like it's a it's it's something good it's something that we should rejoice in not because of our own doing but because of what jesus has done it's 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 amazing to be called righteous in christ because of what he's done you know Mm -hmm. not because of us and and that's the humility that we should have as christians is knowing that i didn't deserve any of this i didn't do anything to earn this, but he made me righteous. He made me holy. He made me a saint. You know, he made me new. And um, 
we are often afraid of even looking in that direction because we immediately like have this presupposition in our mind that tells us don't cross that line because yeah, people identify with the old man so much yeah. that when they hear somebody talking about walking in holiness righteousness they often attribute them these labels like oh you're religious uh-huh. or you're being legalistic <laughs> or you know just rules and this isn't that and you know and it's just crazy man like the implications that identifying with your old man consistently brings upon your christian life is detrimental because it ends up keeping you in a place where your conscience is seared with guilt shame and condemnation because you're always wondering whether or not god is pleased with you because you view yourself as a sinner and you're always looking at your sin rather than looking at his righteousness so like that's the whole starting point of your day you're a sinner you're a sinner and you're begging god for his mercy instead of embracing the fact that he's given it to you already, mm-hmm. having fear of the Lord and living like, how could you have this mercy on me? Thank you, Lord. And walking in that place in his love, you know? Amen. Instead, it's like we're so terrified of him that we don't even really want to um, believe that we actually have mercy if we just humble ourselves before him. So this is crazy because it actually keeps you away from him. Yeah, I was about to say that, like, it actually pulls us more, you know, away from him than towards him. And so when the battles come, the temptations come, the lies come, we it's, it's easier for us to fall back into that sin into that temptation because we still think it's who we, we still are think it's who we are like mm-hmm. see how this tiny little thing like this yeah. just one response one um thought or, or perspective i guess you can call it can completely change like how you view yeah. your so relationship this, yeah this actually Jesus. becomes a stronghold so a stronghold means like this argument or these thoughts that hold you down according to the lie you know Mm -hmm. so people are actually bound by this identity crisis all the time yeah you know what i'm saying and that's literally what the devil came to do mm -hmm. is to confuse us to strip us away from that identity um who god created us to be from the beginning Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's just crazy because you can't even take thoughts captive to the obedience of christ people don't realize that you know when you have this mindset you can't even see the simplicity of the gospel and you read the gospel from this workspace place and you try to inject it into everything and it distorts the whole flow of thought in the New Testament. Um, but when you can actually see that you've been made a saint, you have this foundation, this filter that you can actually pass every thought through. So instead of saying, oh, I'm a sinner. So yeah, this makes sense that I'm thinking this way or I acted this way to my wife. You know, it happens to everyone. Thank God I have a ticket to heaven because <laughs> man, you know, instead you can mm-hmm. actually be like, hold up, I'm a saint because this is who God says I am. This is what he says was accomplished. So if I'm dealing with anger toward you mm-hmm. in the midst of the day, I can recognize in my fear of God, how can I, how dare I identify with anything other than what he says was accomplished? Yeah. So this this emotion, this fruit of the flesh, this work of the flesh is a lie 
as opposed to what God says is the truth. So I can actually take it captive. And then this is where we actually walk in the spirit. This is mm. where we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. But the problem is, is that many people don't even come close to this place. And they're sitting there wondering why they're in habitual sin, mm -hmm. if they got a demon and all these types of things, because a stronghold is keeping them down and they don't understand that they're dealing with a lie. Damn. Yeah. Like the sooner, like, man, I always say this, but the sooner you realize that it's not about you, the better it will be. And this ties in perfectly with that because it's not, again, it's not by anything that we have done. It's what Jesus did for us and who he says we are now that we're in him, you know? So it's not who we think we are anymore. It's not, oh, I, I'm just a Christian that still deals with things, still struggles with anger, still struggles with lust um, or whatever the case may be. Um, it's, it's not like that, you know, it's okay. I, the lie is coming in. I'm just, I'm going to take it captive by saying this. I'm who God says I am, you know, like everybody has heard that song. I am who you say I am, you mm -hmm. know? And, um, I think honestly, that's like a good tip also, just like a bonus tip, um, is to tell yourself that every day that you wake up, you know, um, my husband and I have been working on, um, like our marriage being more, uh, putting it more as a priority, you know, in our life. And we were talking about this last night, um, how it all starts with the choice, you know, like each day, like all it takes is us believing one small lie. Um, and it changes the way the day goes, the way that we act towards one another, the way that even our son's day goes, you know, so every morning, like, tell yourself that um, you are who God says you are, not who you think you are, not who yeah. um, your parents say you are, not who anybody says you are, but God. This whole situation, it really, the core of it all is that Christians will never ever come to a place of crossing the line from living in subjective truth toward God to actually living in his objective standard of truth towards life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you're always allowing your situation, your sins, your mistakes, and everything to determine your identity, your your disposition, who you are to God, how he feels towards you, and all this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's really a crucial thing, you know? I think we should start talking about the verses that, you know, people usually, like, battle with. Um, when they're having doubts as far as like, you know, this question goes and, um, I'm not really good with the verse and <laughs> like the chapter and verse number, but, um, I think it's in first John, right? We're well, talking the, well, about, well, I think the first one that we should get at is first Timothy, um, chapter one. Um, and I, obviously, you know, I'm going to have to keep it super short cause you know, I'll go yeah. into the whole book. I mean, it's good to read in context, but for the sake of the time in the podcast. Yeah, I'm really a fan that. of just reading the whole book <laughs> at once because that's the way that you actually consume the the content of what they're trying to communicate. I believe it's First Timothy. Um, <laughs> okay, so he says, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love. Starting in verse 5. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart a clear conscience, and genuine faith. But some people have missed the whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions. 
Um, they want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they're talking about, even though they speak so confidently. Oh, wait, I'm not even sure that this is right, Pastor. <laughs> Give me a second. I'm in the right spot. I've just uh, got to keep reading. Okay, so... <laughs> Okay, so, um, but some people have missed the whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions. They want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they're talking about, even though they speak so confidently. We know that the law is good when used correctly, for the law was not intended for people who do what is right. It is for people who are lawless and rebellious, who are ungodly and sinful, who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy, who kill their father or mother or commit adultery um, practice homosexuality or slave traders, liars, promise breakers, or who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching that comes from the glorious good news entrusted to me by our blessed God. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me the strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of how great patience with even how great his patience with even the worst of sinners. Then others will realize too that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. So it's just interesting how Paul is making, you know, a point. And and yeah. just because we see this one part um, we like to pick it out and let it destroy his whole argument, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So he's talking about, you know, the lawlessness of people. And then he talks about how he too was, was a sinner. He was messed up. He persecuted God's people, you know, but God had mercy on him. And, he, and he's talking about how he did it in ignorance. And he talks about how generous and gracious the Lord was, how he, filled me with faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. And he says, this is a trustworthy saying that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So he's talking about the necessity for people to be saved by Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. you know, and he says, I'm the worst of them all. So it just reminds me of, of us talking about, um, like, you know, Paul actually uses this type of analogy also in other places. He says, if anyone's to be justified by the law, it's me. You know, I'm the Pharisee of Pharisees. Um, you know, I've done everything to the T. I'm a scholar and all these types of things. So he's using this as, a, as an argument toward this point that we are all in need of salvation. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's the point. And, and when I think about that, I, I say it often to people too. You know, I'm like, man, um, if you think that God can't save you, like, man, I need salvation more than anybody. You know, mm -hmm. I used to rob, steal, I plotted murder. I did all kinds of crazy things, you know, drug deal. I did all kinds of things. Like, I really need it because in light of the sin in my life, in light of what I did wrong, I do need his salvation. You know what I'm saying? So that really... Um, nails in the whole point of the, what Paul is trying to make is he's not saying that that's still who he is because if that was the case he wouldn't write 
you know, a third of the New Testament explaining how we're new creations and also say, but God had mercy on me. And I wasn't actually um, done there, but um, he says right here, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example, saying like, look, um, God can save me. Yeah. He can save anybody. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, when it comes to the flesh outside of Christ, man, I need salvation more than anybody, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And this is actually in line with what John actually says in um, his epistle, which is, I think you can read it. Give me one. Okay. Yeah. So I, I know why I got mixed up with uh, First Timothy. It's because it's 1 John 1 8. Okay. So. Man, this chapter, when I read it, um, I was actually at the dentist, but this this topic was like, you know, fresh in my head. Of, you know, I wanted to do this podcast really bad. And and then I started reading First John and and I was like, man, it's like right here, you know. But this is why it, it's important to read things in context in context, because um, we have to understand, like, who he was talking to, like who was this written for and um, and why he was saying this to begin with. You know, like Paul, like Victor just explained, he was explaining that he was like the worst of the worst, you know. But then he goes on to say, like, you, you can't just finish that sentence and leave out the rest. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And it usually always answers you after, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people just read that verse and they don't keep going. They just stop there and, and they try to make a point it's with that. It's just like the commandments thing. Like people are always like, you need to keep the commandments, keep the commandments. Um, First John says, you know, you got to mm. keep the commandments. You got to keep the commandments. And um, it, it's just interesting because even John says in this epistle what those commandments are. You know, even Jesus in John 15, I believe it is. He makes it clear what those commandments are. Mm-hmm. Um, but people like to just isolate passages, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so I'm just going to start in verse 5. But uh, So it's First John, verse 5. It says, um, 1, sorry, chapter 1. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, here's the verse that people get stuck on. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Mm. So he's talking about the cleansing of the blood from sin. And uh, he he reaffirms that even after this yeah. mention. So verse 10 says, If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So see, if you just read that that verse by itself, verse 8, it, 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 you know, it makes sense why people are confused. You can make it say whatever you want yeah, it to say. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But reading just a few verses before that and, and a couple after... And you see what he's really saying. He's saying, if you know the truth and you're still living that way, then the truth is not in you. Like, how can you know the truth? How can you say you're in the light, that you've been set free from sin, but then go on sinning like you're still in darkness? Right here, right before leading up to this verse, that's the point of contention with most people. 
is he's literally talking about being cleansed by the blood. Mm -hmm. Why do we need cleansing from the blood? Because we're under the penalty of sin. Now just think about it with atheists. When we say you need forgiveness because you have to pay for your the penalty of your sin. And they'll sit there and say, I've never sinned. I'm not guilty. You know, who is God? And they start questioning God's methodology of judging them. And this is what John is talking about. He's saying, you can't sit here and tell me that you have no need for salvation because you're a liar if you do. Exactly. You're telling me you're perfect? Nobody's perfect. Everyone needs the blood. <clears throat> and exactly. Everyone needs the blood. Yeah. So whenever this question was asked, that's what I said. Like, we have to understand that John here is making this clear distinction between when you're lost, when you're outside of Christ, um, and when you are in Christ, you know? Um, and in First Timothy, like Paul is explaining the same thing. It's like, there's always this contrast of who, um, like who you are outside of Christ, when you're lost, before you know him, you're a sinner that needs the blood of Christ. You need, um, his sacrifice. You can't do it on your own. And then once you're in Christ, all we see is who we are now. Like you're a new creation. You're, you've been made right with God, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and honestly, just keeping that mentality of, of, um, I'm always going to be a sinner. I, I feel like it's really disrespectful towards what Jesus has done, you know? So it just comes down to understanding the gospel. You know, there's people that uh, that have been on our live streams that have stumbled over the fact that I say it's very simple. Um, doesn't mean it's easy to hold on to, but it, it is simple. We need forgiveness for everything we've ever done, which is what John is talking about. Mm -hmm. And we need forgiveness from the corruption, the power, the principality of sin itself. With the blood, Jesus cleanses us from everything we've ever done. He takes care of the penalty that we are to pay. But also he sets us free from the power of sin. So we are no longer under the power of sin. We are no longer in sin. We are no longer bound by sin's obligation to rebel. But now we've been set free in righteousness. So we used to be slaves of sin, but now we are slaves of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And that, that means that we are not positionally sinners any longer. We are now positionally saints of God who's light and love and righteousness is living through us so let me just say this and i'll shut up i promise honey <laughs> um but he died instead of us mm -hmm. for our forgiveness amen and he lives instead of us for our deliverance wow. and that's what people don't understand and this is really just the why yeah. calling yourself a sinner and justifying your sin and saying this is just who i am you're really just rejecting the gospel message yeah for you to say that i'll never be set free from sin i'll never set free from sin this is just who i am god just loves me like this you're just saying look i don't believe the gospel message that paul preached i don't believe the gospel message that peter james john jude and jesus himself says that you know is the truth this is the way of salvation yeah. Now I'm, I'm going to go uh, to chapter two, just the beginning of it. Um, he says, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. 
And then this is, I guess, where Victor was mentioning, like, people want to, you know, um, make you fall into, like, the law and stuff. But he goes on to say, um, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. Now, this is, again, why it's important to keep reading in context, because he talks about the commandment, like, right after this. Um, but anyways, let me keep going. It says, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So now if we are constantly telling ourselves that we are still sinners, but we say that Christ lives in us. So us saying Christ lives in me, you should act like Jesus did. So by you saying, I'm still a sinner. Are you calling Jesus a sinner? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was saying is that we've been put in Christ. We are no longer in sin. We are in Christ. Yeah, it's just, like There's a, just a huge difference between being somebody who is in sin, your identity is in your struggles with sin or whatever, um, and that's just who you are, versus being a saint of God who only falls in his sins and mistakes when he believes the lie of temptation when it comes yeah so so long as you hold to this truth like you abide in this truth who jesus says you are you will not fall into temptation it's really really that simple guys but the reason that we do fall is because we are hard-headed sometimes you know um, when the temptation comes, when the lie comes, we give into it, you know, but if we're constantly, constantly, you know, evaluating ourselves and, and reminding, um, ourselves of this truth right here, it'll become so much easier for us to reject those lies. And that's where that discipline of taking the thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ comes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me just say this real quick, because I can see, that people are tripping up and thinking that we are saying that that this means that we never sin. And that's not what I'm saying at all. I just actually explained that. Um, but here, here's, the, here's the dilemma. People think, people, this is what I was saying. If you don't cross this line, you're always going to allow your subjective reality, you know, what you feel, what you do, blah, 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 to decide what is real and what is the truth. So if you mess up in sin... You say, because I did this, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. But God's word says, because Christ did this, this is who you are, if you believe. And that's the fight of faith. So it's not that you don't have the capacity to mess up in sin. It's just that that's not who you are anymore. You have been of God. You are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And it's the fight of faith that we are called to, to wage war in. We are called to walk in the truth, not the lies, not our struggles, not none of that stuff, because none of that is the truth according to God. This is why it says in Romans 6 that when knowing this, we are to reckon ourselves dead unto sin and alive unto God. So if you have a temptation, you say, that's not who I am anymore. That person has been crucified. Mm -hmm. So if that's what God's word says, and I feel this, it's not that this thing is still who I am or that I should yield to it. It's just that it is exalting itself against the knowledge of God, and I refuse to submit to it. But the problem is, is that people want to cling 
to the old men because they allow subjective experience and mistakes to define what objective truth is instead of God's word. Amen. Yeah. It really just comes back down to that literally just perspective where like, how do you view yourself as a Christian now? You know, are you still identifying with the old self? Because if you still are, you're still going to be living and walking in that. But if you take heed to who God says you are now as um, a, a born again Christian, as renewed in your mind, transformed in your heart, um, there's no way that you can keep falling back into that old man you know into that old person because it's fresh in your mind all the time that's not who i am anymore that's not who i am yes temptation does come obviously the 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 devil wants us to keep falling he wants to strip us from that identity you know but um as long as we stay abiding in in god and what the word says that is true Mm -hmm. um he can't get to us Because it literally becomes as easy as saying, no, like, I reject these lies because that's not who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. And he has no power over me, you know, Mm -hmm. over my mind, over my actions, even the way that I feel, you know, it just changes everything from that simple, simple perspective. Yeah, it's all rooted. Like, what what is your confidence going to be in? Is it going to be in Christ and his finished work? Or is it going to be in your actions and your thoughts Mm -hmm. and you 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 or are you going to have a high view of who christ is and what he has done and are you going to trust in what he says is the truth and this is why paul always addresses the church as saints in ephesus saints 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 he's talking about god's holy people yeah who god sanctified by his power and his workings and people if they just understood that if you walk in this place, the fruit will come because you're walking according exactly. to the testimony of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Can you just imagine how different things would be if this is what we were being taught every every time, you know, that you go to church? Um, like, like, like Peter did, like, I'm sorry, Paul did, you know, pastors referring to the body as saints, you know, like it's just the small difference. I mean, small, uh, I, I think I said that right. I don't know, but, um, it just reminds me of OT, you know, um, he, he's a brother that, uh, my husband met through Facebook and he's in Ghana in Africa and he writes emails to my husband from time to time. And his letters, like it, like his emails are literally like letters, like Paul's letters, straight from the Bible, like yeah. straight from the Bible. And it's so encouraging because it's like that, you know, it's this constant edification, this constant reminder that this is who we are in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, you can't go wrong with that at all. Um, and it really does change, um, your perspective of, of the faith when you're constantly being reminded of this. I mean, we've uh, backslidden. We've been in that lukewarm state before as a couple, as individuals, you know. And um, and it was because of that, because we kept believing that I'm just this person. This is just who I am, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and the world kind of teaches us that as well growing up. Like, this is just who I am, who you are. 
people are going to take it or leave it. You know, mm-hmm. like people just have to accept you with all your flaws and, and blah, they blah, say blah. people never change. And, and you'll find mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, guys, if you're listening at the end of the day, you have to come to the realization that wanting to cling to this whole idea that I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. I don't care what you say. You're a false prophet. I'm a sinner. Is really just you hanging on to the philosophies of this world yeah. that you cannot change, that you cannot be who God says you are. And it's just a, it's just a low view of God's power. Yeah. Um, people just don't believe that God has done it. Yeah, but if, if you just change that, change the, the way that you answer this question, are you still a sinner? Um, it'll, it'll, man, it'll make a huge difference in your walk because it, literally this is where it all comes down to. Like this this perspective where you put your identity, you know, um, like Victor was saying, it could either be on lies or it can be on the truth. And that's where our, our foundation is at. Like that's the solid foundation that we should all start on, you know, is knowing this because this is what the gospel is literally like it's, it comes back down to the gospel, to the simplicity that there is in Christ, you know? And, um, if we, I mean, I, I keep, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself so much, but I just can't stress it enough how, how important it is that we view things with the right lens. Yeah. So yeah. it just, you know, I think we should just end on this is that we really need to understand what the gospel is and mm-hmm. what Jesus accomplished. And the reason people have a such a hard time digesting the message of the gospel is because they're not taught it. All they're taught is that you're just a messed up person and you yeah. need a ticket to heaven. They never hear the transformative power of God yeah. working through the Holy Spirit. And it just changes everything. So That's where you find that freedom. You know, when I was lost, I would always wonder because I would see Christians, you know. And unfortunately, like I never talked to any Christians, you know. But um, I, I remember seeing them and thinking like, are they really this happy? Like, is that really true? Or are they just faking it? <laughs> you know? But um, now that I am in Christ, like, I understand, like, there is joy. There is um, peace that surpasses understanding because it comes from this freedom that we have in him, that we're mm-hmm. no longer, like, chained by by all the lies, by all the sin, especially, you know? Uh, by who we used to be, by the trauma, by the experiences, all this stuff. Uh, it's just gone and done away with. And all we have to do is look at things from that, you know, that way, you know, it, it's just the renewal of our mind, literally, you know. Exactly. But <laughs> I feel like we kind of touched on everything. Oh, you know what? I actually wanted to like include one more point on here. And um, I want to hear like what your response would be to this, because I think it's kind of like tied into this um, that. okay, so um, us having um, uh, us getting new bodies. So a lot of people think that because we're getting new bodies like that is another like proof, I guess, of us um, being sinners. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. So how how would you like respond to that? You can't even hear me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
so oh my sorry. goodness. Say one more time just to okay, condense version. Okay, so, you know, I, I've heard people use the fact that we have to get new bodies as like an excuse or they call it proof of us like still being sinners. Like, why do we okay, have to so, get new bodies then? Yeah, so they just don't understand the Bible, period. Um, so, look, the reason we need new bodies is because these ones are, you know, under the the corruption. Yeah, you know like we saying? have issues like... Like yeah, like health, obviously, you know, you know like, we're not going to live forever in this body. Um, but here's the truth. there, The finished work of Christ has been done in the spirit of God. It's been done according to the spiritual realm. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. like you don't go back in a time machine, get put into Jesus' blood cells like the magic school bus, and you get crucified with him. It's not how things work. It's all according to his power, his word, mm -hmm. and your trust in that. So... To pretty the way I like to see it is like pretty much to match up with a spiritual reality. God's gonna give us new bodies that aren't subject to the corruption that has occurred, like genetic mutation and disease and all sort of stuff that mm -hmm. sin has plagued us from Adam. So in the spirit, we've been taken out of Adam. Yeah, we've been put into Christ. Um, we've been taken out of Adam, put into Christ, and soon we're gonna see that match up physically. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that. We have to get rid of this body because this body makes us sinners. It's just that this body has been corrupted by the fall, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. I just wanted to include that because I know that people ask that. I, I, You know, looking on Twitter when, you know, I was looking at people's responses to this question, um, that was one of the things that I saw that... Uh, you know, I in my head, I immediately knew, like, well, yeah, it makes sense. We need a new body because, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to take this overweight body with me, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but, it, you know, it just makes sense like that. So, yeah, um, I hope that we were able to answer this question in a biblical way, you know, um, thoroughly. I mean, not us, really. It's just God. Let me um, just say this boldly. It's either you believe the gospel or you don't. Or you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Period. Yeah. We're, sadly, we're going to find a lot less people in the kingdom of God than we expected. Yeah. And I'm not saying that in pride. I'm saying that because very few people actually seek the scriptures themselves and see the gospel clearly. Yeah. And actually take the time to hear from God, to like be taught by him. Yeah. If, if you don't see the gospel clearly, how will you ever believe it? And a lot of people are just relying on what they're taught. So because they read the Bible through that lens, they never see it clearly and they don't believe what they don't see. For real. That was awesome. Um, so, yeah, um, next week we'll have Savannah join again. <laughs> like I said, I just wasn't ready to like make a whole podcast by myself. Um, but I, I just, you know, I'm thankful that my husband was able to join me today. But I'm also so like grateful to God that... Um, we were finally able to talk about this because, I mean, it's been weeks that I've had this topic on my head, you know, but it's, it doesn't matter the time. I just know that it'll reach whoever God wants it to reach. And I think that right now in the times that we're in, um, most of the church needs to hear this, you know, be reminded of this again, brought back to the simplicity, uh, brought back to this bold, bold statement you know, it's either you're going to let go of yourself, let go of the old man and believe that you are who Christ says you are 
you're going to believe the gospel or you're not, you know, um, we just have to come down to that Mm -hmm. decision that we're going to make, you know, um, but that's why, you know, we're here to encourage you to, to help you see it that way as well. Um, there's few, you know, there is a remnant talking about this. So I just pray that this encouraged you and really helped put things into perspective for you. But um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Appreciate you for having me. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 